Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through the most important and rockin'est albums of all time. This season we're focusing on albums from the 1980s. I'm your host Matt Stewart and with me as always is my co-host Sam Tonkin. Also my co-cousin, welcome Sam. Hello mate, how are you doing? Pretty good and this week we're talking about Men at Work's debut album, 1981's Business as Usual. Debut. Voted as the 10th most popular 80s rock album by our listeners. If you want to know what next week's album is, listen all the way to the end and we'll let you know in the outro. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into uh, this week's album, we're now into the top 10. So should we do a little recap on what we've had so far? What was the bottom 10? Uh, The bottom 10, the back half, the uh, 11th to 20th. Yeah. And last week you also said you were going to find the scores we'd given them. I did. That was my little homework over the week. I'm and curious I to hear what, we've, what scores we gave them all. Um, well, interestingly enough, I have a lot that end in zeros and you have a lot that end in nines oh. and sevens. Oh, that is interesting. The end. Uh, so coming in at number 20, we had Huey Lewis, our man Hughie, uh, and the news with album uh, the album Sports. Uh, you gave it a healthy 62, and I gave it a 45. And uh, then we had 19 was Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll. Uh, you gave it a 67, and I gave it a 60, so I was feeling a bit better about it that week. I, gave, um, I said, what did I do? 67. 67. And you went 60? 60, the first of my zeros. Uh, number 18, we had Midnight Oils, Diesel and Dust. Diesel. Diesel and Dust, even. Uh, which we were both pretty stoked with. You gave it a 72, and I gave it a 70. Nice. That's, uh, that's the highest so far for both of us. Uh, correct. Correct. Yeah, correct. Um, number 17, we had 1984 by Van Halen, which you gave a 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, and I gave it a 60. Ruined it. Uh, number 16, 16, God, I can't speak today, Nine Inch Nails with Pretty Hate Machine, uh, which neither of us were overly yeah, right. into. I remember um, being fine with it, but... 57? Would you oh. call 57? Uh, 57s are fine with it. Yeah, that's low for me, probably. I, yeah, it's my lowest so far. That is your lowest, Lower actually. than Huey. Lower than jo- Yeah, lower than everything. Yeah, that is your lowest total. Um, right, oh, there you go. The only one in the 50s, even. Uh, I went a little lower and I gave it a 40 because I was less than impressed. 50%. Yep. Solid. Please get the degrees. Uh, 15 came uh, Dire Straits with brother in, Brothers in Arms. You gave it a 65 and I gave it my lowest score of 30, uh, which, you know, we know how I feel about Dire Straits. We don't need to divulge. Number 14 was The Clash with Combat Rock, 
which you gave another 69. Nice. And I gave it a 65. So that was pretty balanced, that one. Uh, 13, we had the Smiths. I feel like it's appropriate that at the number 13 was the Smiths, do you reckon? <laughs> Meat yeah. is murder. Uh, you gave it a 63. I gave it a 45. I was not vibing it. Number 12 came in excess with kick. You gave another 69. And I gave my highest score of 78. I've given, I've given three 69s. What did you give? 78? 78. My Holy lowest. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, I'll get to the end and then I'll do a little stat check for you. Uh, and then last week at number 11 was the Pixies Surfer Rosa, uh, which we nearly matched on on 72 and 73. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, your lowest score was 57 and your highest score was 72. Quick yeah. maths. Is that 15? Yeah, it's not a, not a big range, is it? No. And you gave two of them uh, 72 actually. Uh, whereas my lowest was 30 and my highest was 78. So bit bit a bit bitter, more spread out. Yeah. And the 78, just for context, the 78 was an album you came in loving and the 30 was a, a band you came in hating. Yep. And you sort of just confirmed that. That is, yep. I uh, obviously changed And everything else was sort of easy. in the middle. <laughs> the more you know it, the more you love it. It's but a fact. But then di- no, Dice Straits you knew and you hated it. Yeah. Maybe too familiar? I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's been a while. Going back through it, it's, it's a fair, very, fair, very, fair. Variation? Fair old, fair old range <laughs> of musical styles we've had. Lots of genres. And today's uh, adding a new one to it. It's, um, yeah, it's, I would say Men at Work aren't like any of the bands we've listened to so far. No, they were described on, um, Wikipedia as Australian New Wave, which I don't know if I would... Colin Hay's voice is its own genre, I think. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting because when we started, uh, Huey Lewis was saying how there wasn't really voices like his on the radio, but in this countdown, I mean, his voice isn't miles away from Colin Hay or uh, David Lee Roth. Mm. Or, you know, there's sort of deeper um, voices, maybe. Yeah. What's a Dire Straits man sing like again? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, oh, I can't That's think of... Romeo. There you go. He's more like a Bob Dylan. That's all you doing. Money for nothing and your chicks for free. Did you listen to Men at Work much growing up? Uh, not heaps. We actually have this album on record at home because uh, dad was a fan. But I, I think I was only really familiar with radio play songs. Everyone knows Down Under. Yeah. Um, of course. And then, yeah, a couple of, a couple of other songs off this album and another song or two off a later album, off the next album, I think. Yeah, I just I knew, I knew Who Gonna Be Now, Down Under, Be Good Johnny mm-hmm. and Overkill. Overkill, yeah, from the next album. And then I, when I was like tw- early twenties, I bought their greatest hits. Like I seem to do for a lot of the bands that have come <laughs> yeah. up here. And yeah, so I I know their greatest hits a little bit. Um, I played that CD a fair bit in the car. Got to go. But uh, yeah, I'd never heard this album in, it, in itself, and it was huge. But I mean, it was from before I was born, so I got some excuse. But um, the. <laughs> <laughs> But it, but the songs, the hits of it, still got played, you know, 
it'll still get played on the radio yeah, in Australia. Still. Always. Yeah, on the on more of the classic stations, I guess. Triple M. Uh, yeah, so you do you want to tell us a bit about uh, the story? Yeah, I'll give you a little a little spiel about them. So the the nucleus of Men at Work formed in Melbourne in 1979, uh, began with Colin Hay on lead vocals and guitar, Ron Stryker on bass, and Jerry Spicer on drums. Uh, and then later on, Greg Ham came in on flute, sax, and keyboards, so a bit of a utility player. Uh, and John Reese came in on bass guitar with Ron Stryker moving to guitar. Um, originally, Hay asked Greg Ham, who is known for the the flute and the sax that we'll uh, get a get a bit of later on today, uh, to join the group. But Greg hesitated because he was finishing his music degree, which is a uh, similar to Don. Our mate Don, way back from the chisel season, is it not? Yeah, right. A little um, bit, yeah. But ultimately decided to join the band later on in 1979. Uh, and then the name Men at Work was thrown into the hat by Colin Hay uh, when a name was required to be put on the blackboard outside the Cricketers Arms Hotel in Richmond. Uh, and then they kind of built their grassroots reputation as a pub rock band. So the, the, the name that was, you know, la- like a last minute kind of addition suited what they were going for in the end, I guess, Yeah, which worked for them. Um, and then 1980, they issued their debut single, Key Punch Operator, which uh, obviously is huge and has been successful ever since, uh, but it was backed by Down Under. Um, it was self-financed and appeared on their own independent label. Uh, An Australian musicologist, Ian McFarlane, uh, felt the A-side was fast-paced country-styled rock with a clean sound and quirky rhythm. Um, But despite not appearing in the top 100 on the uh, singles charts in Australia that year, uh, the end of the year had them with a, uh, as one of the most in-demand and highly paid unsigned bands of the year, which is pretty cool. Um, And then we had the debut studio album, Business As Usual, uh, again, described as new wave. I just, I don't know. That, like, I think of new wave as like Blondie or like Duran Duran. Right. Not at work. I don't know. But you, you said, I think the key thing was Australian new wave. Oh, different altogether. You got me. It's like a mashup of <laughs> new wave and pub rock, I guess. I love that. That's, I think it is. It's, I don't, that yeah. That sounds right. What, that sounds right. It's like the production stuff is and maybe the keys and stuff. Yeah. Is that what makes it a bit more new wavey? I don't, Cynthia. Mm, all, Synth equal new wave, right? Th- it's pretty eclectic, the styles on this album. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, yes. Um, so Business as Usual was released late 81 in Australia and 82 in the US. Um, and it spent nine weeks at the top of the Australian albums chart uh, up until 1982. I think it took a while for America to release it because... Um, yeah, they they didn't think it was going to be a hit over there. Yeah, and it was it just sold so well in Australia that they ended up putting it out, and it went huge there as well. Yeah, so it was one of the most successful albums internationally by an Australian group, and then spent an unprecedented fifteen weeks at the number one on the U.S. Billboard two hundred. Wild. Uh, and five so, weeks. So wild. Huge, huge, uh, and then number one for five weeks in the U.K. album charts as well. Although that wasn't until nineteen eighty three, so that was like two years after it was released. Yeah, right. Interesting. Um, the... I know in 83, when Australia won the, uh, the America's Cup. 
Oh, yeah. And that, so maybe, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but Down Under got a lot of play around that time as well. I think so. And that's one of my dad, Craig, that original Craig, uh, loves to tell me whenever that song's come on the radio, he's like, Dal, this song was pumped by the, the crew on the Australia 2, the first non-US, uh, not a canoe, what is it? Yacht. Boat. It's a yacht, I, isn't I, it? I don't know. It's a boat. Let me Google it. Um, so the the first non-US uh, racing yacht. What? I just could have taken my word for it. I told you it was a yacht. Well, we like to fact check. It's a yacht race. You know that we like to fact check on this shit. Uh, but in 1983, it was like 100 years or something, it had been a US uh, winning wing, wind race. God, I cannot speak today. <laughs> well, you're talking about stuff no one gives a shit about, so it doesn't matter. That's fair. I'm sure there's one person. Get back to more. M A W. Does anyone get call them that? Um, yes. We want that is more. Their, that is their label, M A W, actually. Um, so the first single from the album was Who Can It Be Now, which is that the opener? Yeah. Which bangs out pretty bloody good. Uh, and that was released in June 81 and hit number two on the Australian charts. Uh, and then Down Under came off it and was number one for six weeks. And then Bigger Johnny uh, reached bigger, number eight. Bigger, bigger, bigger. Bigger, bigger, bigger. And uh, shall, we, shall we get into it? Yeah, you want to get get cracking? Get cracking. I do. You, did you read as far as how they broke up? Because I I was surprised to see they they released three albums in five years. Yeah. Eighty one or in four years, less than four years, and then broke up. Um. Yeah. The first I... two albums were uh, sold really well, and the third one slowed a, a bit, and then it was all over. I just I um, wonder what the wonder what the story was. I don't know if I came across anything that was like overly, uh, I, I know that there was a bit of tension between Colin Hay and Spizer, um, and eventually Spizer and Reese. So that I think two of the later ones to join were eventually just told that they were not required. Right. Okay. So that probably would have hurt a little bit. Uh, and then I think the... The failure of the, I think it was Two Hearts, was the third album, and yep. that failed pretty bad, and I think that kind of blew everything up a little and bit. And only made to top, made six, number 16 in Australia, 50 in America. Which is still, I like, you know. Yeah, it's a funny sort of failure when it uh, it was went gold in, in the US. Yeah. So it's way down on what it was, multi-platinum, their first two albums, but, you know, shit happens. Yeah. Ride um, the wave, boys. Ride the wave, lads. But I think they've they've gotten back together once or twice and played a few gigs and then Colin Colin has been very successful flying solo. But uh, I've got some fun facts about him for later. Yeah, sweet. Well, they yeah, uh, he he still gets around playing their tunes and stuff. He do. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 
Um, anyway, so shall we uh, get into the album? Get into it. So, like you said, the album opens with the big hit single, Who Can It Be Now? It's very 80s. Oh, yeah. So this um, this is Greg Ham playing on the sax, and this uh, little bit he's playing here was meant to be for, like, a break later on in the song, and uh, I think the producer said, whack it up front, let's open. I think, and that's the secret, that's it, that opened everything. Yeah, he loves it. Um... Now, this song was written uh, when Colin Hay was living in St Kilda and there was drug dealers living in the apartment next to him and so he'd get the wrong wrong people knocking at his door all the time and he's <laughs> yeah, like, right. to the point where he would, even if he had people over, wouldn't open the door because he was scared that it was going to be some guy with a knife looking for drugs. So this, this is one of their, this is probably their big iconic song. Probably Down Under is really, but... Down Under's numero uno, surely. Yeah. And this but is probably this is numero well, two now. Well known. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then track two is I Can See It In Your Eyes, which I didn't know before, but I quite like. Yeah, you this, don't, a, this was a fun one. Come on, New Wave, listen to this. This is New Wave, you got me there. (laughs) How would you describe his voice? What's... I mean, it's it's not a, a, a world away from Barnsley's gravel and honey. It's just. It's sort of it's. It's it's husk. But it's like a smooth husk. Yeah, it's like bamboo. It's like kind of hollow, but not in like a bad way. Right. <laughs> like it's woody, but I don't know. <laughs> It made sense in my head. <laughs> no, I think I, I think I get what you're saying. It's a good pop song. Then you got uh, the big one down under at number three. Um, the Aussies listening will know, but uh, as soon as overseas, I don't know how big it was. A big hit overseas as well, but I I just don't think it would still be played all the time. Not as much here. you every pub cover band. Not everyone, but you'll there's, there's you'll a be a fair chance of hearing it. Um, so back in 2009, Spicks and Specs had a question that suggested that Down Under, this song, uh, contained elements of Kookaburra. You know, Kookaburra sits mm. on the... Um, and in 2010, a the music, the publishing company that owns that song now that the original writer has passed away, uh, won that case and... I think men at work only get like five percent or ten percent of royalties when the song's played now because absolutely ridiculous. And so um, Greg Ham, who play, who introduced the flute part to it, felt awfully guilty, and it really affected him. It sent him into a bit of a um, depression and anxiety anxiety kind of spiral uh, afterwards because he was so he felt responsible for the for the court case, and he was um, really upset that people would 
potentially remember him as someone who stole someone else's music right. rather than the artist that he was, which is, is really sad. And he ended up passing away only a few years ago. Um, and there's is not 100% determined of cause. Um, oh, right. They, it's, it's been suggested that his depression and anxiety that spiraled from the um, court case is potentially behind it, which is really sad. Yeah, right. I didn't, I didn't realise that. Yeah. So I'm just saying if I can find a kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. Is that what it is? Yeah. I think it's just called kookaburra, but it's written by Marion Sinclair. Is maybe a version of it with Don Spencer. Is this it? <laughs> it will be in a minute. <laughs> Is this it? No. <laughs> it's like it's like working trying to be it, but maybe it comes in. I don't know. It's like this is the play school version. In the old gum tree. Kookaburra sits you. on the old gum tree. Merry, merry king of the bushes. I don't know. How do you argue that this was 95% of the song? Is that it's, what happened? No, not 95% of the song. The judge agreed that it didn't play a huge part of the song, but because it had been used for so long and the original rioter had not received any royalties from it, that it then switched oh. or something like that. I don't know. Royalties. Fucked. Yeah. Real sad. Because uh, it went, I mean, when was that written? 19... So it's like that's a, some corporation who owned, who bought the rights. I thought it. So 19... I thought I heard it was they bought the rights, knowing that um, there was a court case that they could make money out of. Well, so it was written in 1932. Um, when did I thought? I thought music had 50 years to, of copyright. Well, she, so Marion Sinclair, who wrote it, died in 1988. So the song is still under copyright according to Australian copyright law. Right. The publishing rights are held by Larrikin Music, and Larrikin Music are the ones who uh, started the court case, basically. The rights are administered by Music Sales Corporation in New York City. Does that mean because the owners of the song are based in New York, that the song therefore takes on American copyright laws? This article I'm reading on ABC says they're ordered to pay 5% of royalties. Oh, it's only 5%. Okay. Other way around. Jesus. Uh, they were trying to get up to 60%. Jesus Christ. Uh, Larrikin owns the rights to the song. They had to pay royalties backdated to 2002. Why only backdated to 2002 if they were... Yeah, as well as royalties. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that was when Larrikin bought the song? No, oh, actually maybe. Because I don't... But she passed, she passed away in 1988. So like how much time between the original riot... This is a lot. If you're a lawyer and you know how this works, in yeah. specifically in musical law... But I think, copyright law. Um, let us know. I think, uh, yeah, it's a, I would assume that it's maybe when they got the rights to it. But uh, yeah, and so but it was so it was it fifty years from when she dies that it goes out of copyright. Is that what you're saying? Mm, I don't know. It said she since uh, she died in '88, so the song is still under copyright according to Australian copyright law. But I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um. But yeah, apparently this whole thing kicked off because someone from Spicks and Specs put it as a question and no one no one had given a shit or a thought about it uh, prior. So I wonder if the, the writer from Spicks and Specs was like, oh, sorry, guys. My bad. 
Um, mm. But while you're while you're fact checking, do you want to play the next song for us as well? So the next one, uh, I think it's another good one, Underground. It's more saxophone. Chugging riff. So 80s. So this one, one of the songs, I reckon it's this one, and maybe the sax in it as well, gave, actually gave me some Hughie Lewis yeah. feels. Yeah, this... I really, I really like this song. What's next on the album? Then we got this one's different. So who's who's? It's a different vocalist on track five. Helpless automaton. Uh, Greg Ham. So the saxo uh, saxophonist, flautist, keyboardist, synthesist. Yeah, it's uh, it's a different. This is very eighties. It's got some Devo about it, don't you reckon? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the robot voice. (laughs) (laughs) So next up is people just love to play with words. Is that right? Yeah, I don't like this one too much. Yeah, there's been some changes in copyright law, which makes things complicated. Um, Seems like it's either 70 years or 50, depending on when it started. It's now 70, though. Oh, fuck. Um, That surely doesn't, like, backdate, though, right? Is that... Does that apply from now onwards? Yeah. Um, so next up is the the third album, third uh, what's it called? Single from the album. <laughs> yeah, this is a big one. Be good, Johnny. This is Fade a strange. Up, love that. Yeah. <laughs> so so I guess it's 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 riffing on Chuck Berry's classic, Johnny Be Good. Oh, yeah, of course. Super eighties keys. <laughs> This song's just, it's just good fun. This is a really fun one to try and sing, but probably not one you want to sing in front of people. <laughs> oh no, da, I'll be a golden boy. I'm golden rule. 
One. My favorite bit's the nut bit. We gotta get to the yeah, nut. Yeah, we'll bit. get. We'll definitely get to that. <laughs> nut. 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 With the little echo on it. Yeah. <laughs> but I like you. But tell me. <laughs> so good. Who the fuck are you? What a um. A weird question. I, I only dream. Let me answer in song. Yeah. <laughs> when no one is screaming. Bigger, bigger, bigger. Johnny. Then you got track eights touching <laughs> the untouchables. Oh no, this one that I was like very huggy. Oh yeah. As soon as it started, I was like, oh yes, this is the. Yep. Huey Lewis. Hughie. Yeah. The third. Don't you reckon? Maybe a little. Yeah, maybe a little bit. It's been a while since I listened to Huey's work. <laughs> you know what I'm still listening to to this day? Cold Chisel's Swing Shift album. Oh, it's great. I can't stop. So good. And East. Hound Dog and uh, Wild Colonial Boy. I can't. Hound Dog was my most played song of last year. Wow, you're actually talking about circus animals, actually. <gasps> Am I? Oh. Am I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, off um, the, you're actually off the show. My uh, my memory is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I... We got so deep in them that I, I, I think I could still know most of their albums back to front, but... Really? That's awesome. You got money, because this year we're uh, this season we're jumping around a lot more. Yeah. I'm not. It's like I'm not getting in as deep. I forget once I've moved on a bit. Yeah. And we're doing way more albums as well. I guess. Oh yeah. This song just didn't stick with me at all. Although that riff, this bit, actually, this yeah, bit, that, that's the bit that stands out. Just Colin Hayes' vocals right into it, and then this little cheeky riff is good, and then the rest of it's forgettable. Then Touching we got the forgettables. And then we got Catch a Star. They love that echo, don't they? Yeah. Well, the producer did anyway. Did the producer do much else? Let's hear a look. Experience based. Kicking stones and cans. Experience based. Peter McIan. Peter McCann, that vaguely rings a bell. Yeah, I reckon it rings a bell. He uh, apparently was the lead singer of American rock band Jambalaya. 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 <laughs> okay, I don't know if I know them. Mm-mm. Nah, he's uh, Mr. Mister, the city, dear Mr. enemy. Mr. Mondo Rock, he did Mondo Rock. Oh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Mr. Mondo Rock's, oh, I love 
Oh, when we get to the end of this album, I'll play my favorite. Well, it's probably their big song anyway, but this song's alright. Sort of a reggae. Bit of reggae? Yeah, bit of reggae. And then it finishes with the longest track on the album, uh, Down by the Sea. Nearly seven minutes long. Is it really? I wonder if I actually got to the end of it. <laughs> it seems like a long time, but I didn't notice that, which is unusual for me. <laughs> Usually I'm like three minutes in looking at the watch. Just looking at the track listing on the greatest hits I had, which was called Contraband, the best of men at work. And it had this, this was the closing track on it as well. Oh, really? So I... Do you want to, just for shits and gigs, do you want to play Overkill after this? Just yeah, and no, I was thinking there's a, a banger. Few, maybe play a few of the other bigger ones. Yeah, sick. So off this album, the greatest hits had "Who Gonna Be Now," "Down Under," "Underground," "Bigger Johnny," and "Down by the Sea." I like this one as well. Yeah, I think I like most of these. I think "Touching the Untouchables" was a bit forgettable, and I didn't love "Helpless Automaton." Yeah, right. I kind of found that fun, but I mean, it seems like it's from a different album. Yeah, like. It- very, um, yeah, just didn't fit for me. I think I can see it in your eye. The second track is like, is fine, pretty, maybe it's pretty good. I think I got into it because like, it was like a, it was a good transition from Who Can It Be Now to Down Under. So yeah. I was like, I was about it. It was like close to there. Underground's pretty good. I did find Helpless Automaton pretty fun, but people just don't, people just love to play with words. I didn't really, wasn't big into I didn't it. mind that one. People yeah, just love to the... play with words. It's such a clunky, Jesus. clumsy sort of... <laughs> you know what this has got the real good, though? It's that nice, simple bass line. Yeah. And the... What is it, that sustain or whatever it is on the drum? Yeah. That's very 80s, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. They sound age? like they're hexagon drums. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Hexagon. Does that age a song, do you reckon? Yeah, immediately. Any Any time you record a song with what is cutting-edge production, it's going to be dated to that era. Yep. Which is interesting. So we'll pl- let's play some of Overkill. Um, and I'll play the album version and then see if I can find an acoustic version for more recently, which I think is better. Uh, potentially look up the Scrubs version of it. <laughs> look up the it, Scrubs version of it. That oh, is, that is I'll just look up the Scrubs version look of it. Look it up. Scrubs. I do rem- I remember seeing that episode. I'm like, oh, this song is sick. And it is. I do prefer that. I mean, I think this this is my favourite song of theirs. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. I'm going to... Because, you know, I'm on... On Spotify, do you reckon if... Oh, I was thinking just like whack it on YouTube. My oh, just whack it on YouTube. Just whack it on YouTube. What do you think I am, an IT superstar or something? <laughs> <laughs> you are. No, there you are is, born in the 80s, there so is I'm a, expecting too much. A, uh, there is <laughs> an acoustic version on Spotify, which will be very similar. 
I've got other songs. Night after night. So this is the acoustic version. I can get to sleep. Which is pretty much the Scrubs version. I think about the implications diving in too deep. Do you know what I like about this version though? Possibly you know a lot of times artists will do an acoustic version and it's like obviously sounds different because it's acoustic but they like change it up heaps. Yeah. I like this because it's the same format as the original. Same arrangement. Because yeah. I think they get bored. I'm guessing that's why they do it. Which is fair. And they probably they, they probably think they're improving it. Yeah. But when you're listening for nostalgia, you just want to... But yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what's right there. So good. Between the sheets only brings exasperation. What's this song about? To walk the streets. Uh Smell the it, desperation. I said about not being able to get to sleep. <laughs> That's what I always assumed. I mean, I think sometimes his lyrics are pretty literal. I'm looking it up, but I can't find it. I'm trying to. What? I, is there any other song? Because you're gonna look up a Mondo Rock song. Oh yeah, I was just but, thinking um, while we're on them. There was the, another one of their big ones, uh, Doctor Jekyll and. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Jive or something? Some weird... No. Really? Yeah, it is some, there's something like that. <laughs> no. Oh, it is Dr. Heckle and Mr. Oh. Jive. <laughs> that was the lead single off the second album, Cargo. Yeah, right. That's, I mean, it's catchy. The name's awful, but... Oh, terrible. I don't... I feel like I'm going to know it, but I don't remember it. Not ringing any bells. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, this is aged. <laughs> I don't think I knew this. Yeah, right. Yeah. The story of Doctor Heck. Yeah, that is an act. Is pretty terrible. Oi. Uh, no, Overkill's way better. So the the big songs by Mondo Rock are Come Said the Boy and Cool World. I don't, I'm not a big Come Said the Boy fan, but Cool World's fucking sick. Song oh, is badass. How's that little chug-a-chug? Yeah. I once interviewed uh, the front man for, for, uh, at the uh, Triple R. Um, uh, bloody Community Cup. There we go. And <laughs> and I um I I said luckily it wasn't live because I said I'm here speaking with 
music legend Ross Williams. Oop. And I went, oh, fuck. Huh? I guess, fuck, man. So sorry. I knew I was going to fuck that up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, um, yeah, luckily it wasn't. Was he cool about it? Yeah, he was cool. He was oh, like, good. oh, my God. Alright, dealing with this fucking amateur. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, so there would be many Aussie acts, or probably not that many acts anywhere, who've been in three. Was he in a th- so obviously uh, Daddy Cool? He was the front man for. Who talking about Ross Wilson? Ross Wilson. And then, so he had massive hits with Daddy Cool, massive hits with Mondo Rock. And then solo. Damn. Cold world. Wouldn't be many who've done that, I don't Cold reckon. World, I'm breaking to your home. I'm trying to think of someone. Wait, what did Don do? Don did Cold Chisel, and then he had solo, and then he had... Text. Oh, yeah, that's true. Text Don and Walker. Text Don and Walker. I couldn't get that. Charlie. <laughs> text Don and Walker. <laughs> I just, I think, cool world. I just, I reckon it's a. It is a banger. Switch. He played at uh, Meredith a couple of years ago, oh. and I was standing on a couch. Yes, the couch was singing the it too it. loud. Oh, <laughs> yeah, could have been. not loud enough. Um, what well, we've we've sort of gone off track now. We're, I know. Not, we're not even sure if it was the same producer who produced <laughs> that track, but um, yeah. Anyway, if you like Australian music, that'll have been probably maybe okay for you. And if you don't know any of that, uh. Oh, you're if, welcome. if you don't love that, then what I mean, are you even alive? Is there heart even beating <laughs> in your chest? Cop that. So um, what, what are your what are your faves off this one? Um, it's tricky because the th- the big three singles are so like, I mean, what do you do with them? They're so I've heard them all a thousand times. Yeah. Um, uh, but I still like. I reckon they're all, all real good, fun songs. I uh, well, like let's go for ones that weren't released just to. Yeah, I think maybe different. underground maybe is my favorite of those. I think I really liked. I can see it in your eyes. Yeah, great, and I and down by the sea I thought it was great as well. Uh, I can't no. believe it went for seven minutes and I didn't notice. I must really like it if I didn't yeah, notice that it went for that long. <laughs> slow down, chill journey. Yeah, you know how I feel about slow songs usually. Yeah, that's right. maybe it's his vocals because his vocals mm. suck me right in. They're so oh, good. Yeah, big time. Um, but you want some uh, fun facts? I norm- I'd normally do a review by now. Should I read this oh, quick shit, review? Oh, shit, I forgot I about that. Uh, this one's off all music, uh, you know. We, when, we've used them once or twice. Yeah, when you're on a good thing. This mm. is from Stephen Thomas Erlwine. Uh, it's pretty short. He says, Business as usual became a surprise international hit on the basis of Who Can It Be Now and Down Under, two excellent singles that merged straight-ahead pop rock hooks with a quirky new wave production and an offbeat sense of humour. Colin Hayes' keening vocals uncannily recall Sting. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Never noticed that, but yeah. No. I guess they, they're in the same world. And the band's rhythmic pulse and phased guitars also bring to mind a bar band version of The Police. Oh, okay. So you like... Okay. So Are we here to talk about The Police or Men at Work, mate? This guy sounds like me comparing everyone <laughs> yeah. to everyone. <laughs> Was this written by me? <laughs> and that helps make the remainder of business as usual enjoyable. So he likes the police. So he's yeah, like, oh, this kind of sounds like the police, so I like getting. it. <laughs> There's a fair amount of filler on the record, but Be Good Johnny, I Can See It In Your Eyes, and Down By The Sea are all fine new wave pop songs, making business as usual one of the more enjoyable mainstream-oriented efforts of the era. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, there's a fair amount of filler, but then he's listed one, two, three... 
He's listed like half the album in his review saying they're good songs. So yeah, I, I mean, I'd say maybe a third of it's filler. Then yeah, I mean, if we're doing that kind of maths. But I reckon I'd say even less. I'd say two of the tracks felt a bit fillery to me. Yep. Um. So that's a pretty good hit rate, I reckon. Yeah. Four out of five. Not bad. Yeah. So that's a pretty good review. Um. Yeah. Did Did you have some fun facts? Yeah. So. Um, I remember watching Scrubs, like when it was being released, uh, 15 years ago, maybe more now and hearing the voice of Colin Hay and seeing Colin Hay on a couple of episodes and was like, I'm pretty sure that that's the guy, but I'm not a hundred percent sure, <laughs> yeah. but he, he ended up being on like three or four episodes and he had music oh, in right. eight episodes and so Zach Braff, the main uh, actor, and Bill Lawrence, the creator, were actually fans of Colin Hay before the show even started, which was like 2001, I think. Um, they thought it was ridiculous that he wasn't more popular. So Bill basically helped write Colin into, or Colin and Colin's music into some episodes. Um, and Zach Braff uh, used Colin's music in a lot of his uh, other directorial stuff. So like Garden State used a Colin Hay song and it kind of, uh, rebirthed Colin Hay's career in the 2000s. Oh, that's interesting because he also supposedly really kicked off the Shins career with that really? movie too because, yeah, there's a, that, a scene where he puts, Zach Braff puts the headphones on um, the other main actor in the film, mm. Queen Amidala. Yeah, oh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman and plays the Shins song. Um, um, but yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. What are you? Uh, cheers, what are you, cheers, Zach. When you Zach Braff and Bill Lawrence, actually Zach Braff and um, Donald Faison, the guy who played Turk. So the main two actors have a Scrubs recap podcast now called Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and it's really funny. So if you like Scrubs at all, I'm gonna spruik their pod for them. Why they don't need any pods spruiking? It's one you of never, the biggest you ones. Never know. They're like spruiking <laughs> ours to their listeners. Then I'll, sure, I'll show but until then, no, do not. Give them a free hit. Fine. It's Cut dog it eat dog <laughs> in the podcast game. We're trying not to edit this episode and now Matt's going to have to go back. Oh, no. Well, it's <laughs> the only reason it stays in. <laughs> Otherwise, but yeah, Zach Braff. You're welcome. I'll give him a free plug over my dead body. <laughs> you can take a free plug out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> so aggressive. <laughs> uh what are you, what, what what are you, are you rating? Oh, that's a, I mean, now I've got context seeing what I've given other albums. I feel like I want to change all those scores you said before. Oh, real bad, hey, because I couldn't remember a single one that I'd done prior. Yeah, but, just uh, absolutely I'm, scattered. I'm not going to allow it, so oh, oh, okay. go for it. All right, well, then where, do I, where would I fit this in? I think, um, so the highest I gave was Pixies last week. So far. Yeah. And uh, then and, Oils was and second Midnight highest. Oil, yeah. 73 and 72. I would say it's probably, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a bit of fun, but it's like, I'd say maybe like a 60, 60. 60? Yeah. yeah that's um, I am going to give it a little higher, I think. I'm going to go 65. 65, 65. sounds good. 65. It's the kind of, it's another album where I'm like, oh, I'd love to hear this recorded today, mm. strip back some of the... The shit. The shit. I mean, keep some of the shit. I love some of that Some of the shit. shit's great. If they could just keep the good 80s shit and get yeah. rid of the bad 80s shit. That's all I'm asking. Is it? Is it so much? <laughs> uh, yeah. So 
another another good fun album, I reckon. Uh, any letters in the letters bag? We do. Well, more of the letters spreadsheet nowadays because the new don't way. Ruin, don't ruin the illusion. The new way to contact us. It's still a letter bag. <laughs> and Santa is the one <laughs> delivering it to us. Uh, if you want to have your note, thoughts, feelings, emotions read out on the episodes, on an episode even, uh, there is a link in our episode notes. Is that correct? Yeah. Excellent. To our form. And you can just fill some things out and give us some little uh, notes, such as Alex Taylor from Kilmore, Victoria. I know that one. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's just straight, that's straight up north. It's up <laughs> straight off, up the Hume. Off, off the Hume somewhere. Past uh, the Kilmore sign. Oh, yeah, that'll I'll do it. When you're driving from Melbourne up to <laughs> Sydney or further afield to Brisbane. Do we do that? You pass Kilmore. Kilmore. You sound like uh, Russell Coit. Uh, Cold Chisel is number two on my Spotify for the year, and it's your fault, and I bet I'm not the only one in that boat. Love it. That's great. That's what we're here for. They were right up there on mine as well. <laughs> they were my number one artist for the third year in a row. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Hey, a I lot really of like to. I really like to diversify mm-hmm. um, what I listen to. <laughs> uh, next, we've got Dan Davis from. Is it Louisville or Louisville from Louisville, Kentucky? Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, I don't know. It's got an S in it. What's the point? Yeah, well, no, it's, it's tricky in America. They sometimes they pronounce it and sometimes they don't. But I'm confident Louisville, Kentucky. I'm pretty sure. We're not. <laughs> confident, and I'm pretty sure. <laughs> So you're uh, confident or mm-hmm. uh, you're... Uh, yeah, I'm confident. All right, let's like stop a, like w- wallowing in it. Come on. <laughs> uh, and they say, got to see Pixies open for Weezer early last year, 2019. Huh. Uh, I like them, have a couple albums. By no means I'm a super fan. Uh, it was a solid live set, but after your episode on Surfer Rosa, I would totally buy the performing for money thing. There was zero crowd interaction except a group bow at the end. Uh, like not even a word. Yeah, right. Uh, during Where Is My Mind, Frank kept changing the cadence of his singing, so the crowd had trouble singing along. <laughs> uh, it was strange, and people around us actually commented on it. Yeah, right. Um, Paz Lenchanton, who took over bass, uh, played bass and sang back up, and honestly, we couldn't tell it was not Kim Deal, given the volume and distance from the stage. Hopefully it won't be long before we can go or before we can all go back to live show, uh, shows again, though. Love the show. Keep up the good work and stay safe. When I saw the Breeders, uh, maybe two years ago, it seemed like they were doing it for fun and passion. That's what we like here. So Kim Deal's still having fun. Get your Kim Deal. Probably more so since she left the Pixies. <laughs> Even though that is that album was my favorite so far. Oh, true. Uh, last according to our, according, our yeah. ranking system, <laughs> our rate, rate, rating. This, we're going to not get it. Uh, last one today is from David Sweeney in Portage, Indiana. Five minutes from Gary. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Five minutes from Gary? Five minutes from Holy Gary. Holy shit. He's so close to greatness. Why not move? <laughs> it's a five-minute move. Just move. Is it cheaper to live there because it's not Gary, though? Oh, probably. The name, probably the name, money. The name is Probably big, cheaper rent. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they have... Uh, just giving us a bit of a left of field comment. I'm a big hardcore punk fan and I haven't heard any LPs yet, but there's still time. Uh, Black Flag, Minor Threat, Bad Brains, Descendants. What are your opinions on the subject? Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. 
one uh this is a vote so all the albums that are in here were based on who the listeners voted for and a sort of a popular vote so i think that probably gives you a clue that some of that is unlikely to get in sorry mate unfortunately i think i think i'd put up a few of those bands in the in the vote but yeah just didn't get enough of them votes mm. some real big bands uh we haven't heard yet and um we won't because yeah even even some massive multi 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 million album sellers didn't make the top 20 yeah which was surprising some of them yeah but then others who did sneak in like I mean, everyone who's been in is is a you know big act, but I wouldn't have picked Huey Lewis. Yeah, that but one, you, you forget, he's such a big '80s band, I guess. That's so. true. And they only just snuck in at number um, twenty. In terms of those bands uh, that you mentioned, David, I honestly don't know a whole lot by them. I know bits and pieces of uh, Bad Brains and Descendants, but not enough to. Really comment, to be honest. I'm a bit of a beginner in that uh, genre. I've seen Descendants a few times. Have you? Yeah, they're very good. And, um, yeah, it's a, they seem like the odd one out in that group a bit. They're more they're sort of like, uh, you. I think you'd really like them. They're sort of, they're, they're that California poppy, punk, catchy. You've won me already. Stuff. I you know they, me. <laughs> they, um, you know, I reckon a lot of the bands you like would have grown up on them. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, but that is the letter bag done for the day. Um, do we do anything else? No, that's uh, that's all we do, and that leaves nothing but to say, please get your messages in. If you've got anything to say, any questions, you can <laughs> ask us or tell us whatever you like. But apart from that, it's time to say goodbye, Astrid. Goodbye. podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates i mean if you want it's up to you so if you want to know what next week's album is gonna be here are the opening lyrics for the opening track the weekend comes to this town seven days too soon for the ones who have to make up what we break up of the rules who writes this shit, honestly? <laughs> well, we'll find out next week. <laughs> One of your favorites. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.